Hello and welcome to Play Pause Turn, or should we call it Mirror Signal Maneuver? More on that later on. In this podcast, we're going to discuss all things to do with TV, films, games, literature and possibly tech today. We also gave our thoughts on any media or driving experiences we've been enjoying, old or new, and comment on anything else topical. Uh, today, I'm John, by the way. Hello, as always. And I'm joined by Amy and Alex. Um, and I'm going to ask them my usual icebreaker question. But also, um, maybe after our icebreaker, I'll explain what we're talking about this year, this week, because it's a little bit of a change to what we normally talk about. Um, so, here's our first icebreaker question. Amy, okay, and this will make sense later on. Apart from range, what would be your one dream feature to have in an electric vehicle? For Amy. me... For me, it would be a magical app where you press a button and that means that in the morning your car is magically defrosted and warm for you and ready to go. Okay, I've already got that in my EV. Haven't you got that well, in your Leaf as well? We did used to, but things that we've upgraded and the things with upgrades is they don't always upgrade the things you want. Actually, you say that, but um, Lee, uh, Nissan have also upgraded their, all their vehicles. So if you still own an early Leaf like I do, the app no longer works. So I'm with you on that feature because that for me was one of the sales points. I'll come to this later on. Um, but yeah, OK, I agree with you completely on that one. How about you, Alex? Uh, hi. So um, I would really like a like up to date version of a CB radio so that you could like go in a convoy and you could just be like, how, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. We're, we're feeling a bit peckish. Oh, right. Should we take the next services? Yeah, let's take the next services. That's a big 10-4 rubber duck. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what I want. From I want an Austin Powers-like experience um, on my EV. Uh, oh, that's, I like that. That could be a feature that some companies could push as a sort of extra feature, as long as they don't charge extra for it like uh, Elon, Dusk. Mm. Elon Musk does, even. <laughs> uh, I would like, and this is obviously giving you a little ind- indication of what we're going to talk about today. I would like, um, mine seems a bit more functional than yours. I would like wireless charging on all roads. Now, I know that technology does exist uh, in tests in Norway. Um, I know BMW got as far as offering a wireless charging system for their uh, 530e, their plug-in hybrid, um, where you could sort of reverse onto a wireless plate like the iPhone charges and charge in a garage. But I would like wireless charging across all of uh, the roads in the UK. And I think then that could be where road tax comes from to pay for that. We'd have to end up paying road tax for it. But uh, I did do some research today and apparently um, the UK is looking into wireless under road charging infrastructure. Uh, If you go to a website called Green Optimistic, there's some news stories on that. Um, So let's just talk about our topic today. Our topic today is, uh, should you buy an electric vehicle, an EV in 2021? myself and uh, Alex got into a long conversation on Twitter with another user, I don't know who he was, but he was a very nice person, uh, about range of vehicles. I think they were doing some research, weren't they, from users? Yeah, and, uh, and right, we Alex? were talking to Bobby as well because we were yeah. saying we we were having a, a discussion about how much range is enough range um, and it's something that we'll, we'll, we'll come on to. Um, but the figures varied wildly, but they were all enormous like there was no yeah. no one who wanted less than two hundred and fifty mile range, including including us, I think. Yeah, which was yeah. surprising because we we happen to all be V drivers. So that's something we should make clear, isn't it? Actually, everybody here owns an electric vehicle, um, henceforth EV, um, and so we do have some good opinions to have here. But I think um, it's going to be really interesting to sort of talk about um, all aspects of electric vehicles, and maybe if you're listening to this and you're on the 
on the electric fence right now about buying one, uh, this might sway your decision. I find quite a lot, I don't know about you, you both, that if I tell someone I am an electric vehicle driver, they go, oh really? Uh, what range does it have? That's the first question I get asked. What range does it have? And so range will be will feature quite a lot, um, especially when the answer I give them, they go, oh, that's not very much, or I would never get one of those. I think the times are changing, but we, uh, we're we on the tipping point, really, aren't we? Yeah. So let's, um, let's put forward, it's almost a debate this today, isn't it, really? Let's put forward some points on why we should or should not buy an EV in 2021. Um, and there's quite a lot of terminology around electric vehicles. Um, if you're in the know it's a bit like being um and harry potter and talking about muggles here isn't it really yeah. if you're in the know you'll know some of these abbreviations some of the ones you hear is like ice which stands for internal combustion engine uh ev electric vehicle hybrid where there's a mixture of um fuel-based uh motor and electric and inside the vehicle in different ways um but there are also other other terminology in terms of how the vehicles are charged and we may come to that later on um We've got a few questions we put it put put in front of us here, and um, I think the first point of discussion we should really have is our personal experiences about owning the vehicle. So, um, Alex and Amy, you've had a Mark II Leaf uh, since twenty fourteen. Yes. How has it How has it been for you? Yeah. So um, we should probably preface this by saying um, I, I I love listening to Robert Llewellyn. Uh, Robert Llewellyn has been harping on about electric vehicles for a long time. Um, and we also uh, avid readers of his uh, uh, books as well. Um, one of the books that he uh, wrote was, uh, it's a News From series. And the News From series is, um, I, I wouldn't, it is fictional, but it's not, there's not really a, the, um, a massive plot. It's more of a, a, a thinking point for um how uh, uh robert feels like the world might go and so he looks at it in one view and then he looks at it in another view and looks at it in another view um and he gets around all of these by his uh electric powered plane which is uh impressive oh yeah so um yeah and so we we also we went to a um a conference where he was talking uh it's called london geek fest london geek fest and it had loads of different people speaking and of course i've always loved red dwarf and we thought Robert Llewellyn speaking. That'll be interesting. Little did we know that he would cost us thousands of pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I knew this a little bit up front, but I kept this quiet because it's always best to go into the purchasing decision with some research and then yeah. and then um and then make sure a Amy thinks it was her idea in the first place. Well, Amy needs to sign now, off exactly. on any decisions yeah. like this, so yeah. it's very important. Um <laughs> But anyway, so we, we ended up going, being inspired from this talk and saying, well, why don't we get a Leaf? Um, now, we should uh, let people know that we are a two-car family. And so um, we were going to be replacing... Uh, oh, I can't remember what we had now. Was it Yeti? It was my lovely, lovely ah. Skoda Yeti, which is still maintained. It was one of my, the, the, my favourite car we've ever owned. The Skoda Yeti just felt comfy and safe. And it was our car and it was brilliant. It did all the things you wanted it to do really well. And I always said, if we could ever get an electric engine in a Skoda Yeti, I'd jump on it. They're, pretty, they're, they're very comfortable workhorses, aren't they, yeah. the Skodas? It, yeah, really good. But that wasn't an option at the time. So instead, we started looking online thinking, let's just let's just have a look and see if it's feasible, see how much it is. And then we realised it was actually really, really doable in that, yes, 
we would still at some point need to get a charge on the side of the building but actually you can get um, a car certainly back in 2014 and you can charge it for free at sort of charges at that point in time and you can just plug it into the granny plug overnight under the garage door and it's absolutely fine and that lovely little leaf got me from Milton Keynes to central Milton Keynes to Hemel Hempstead to I think possibly Bedford and then back to Milton Keynes to pick up my daughter in one run in one day and in terms of range that's all we needed so that's what we had and and it's probably worth saying that I um I actually took it from Milton Keynes to Peterborough which is a 65 mile range uh, uh 65 mile drive now I'll be honest that was taking that's it right tense. to the edge of what it could probably do um but knowing that I could park and charge uh, at my destination um, in a shopping centre meant that I didn't worry too much about it. And this was over the summer, so there was no issues really with range. And um, yeah, so so it did some fairly long journeys. In fact, we even took it to the south coast once, although it was somewhat painful having to charge, I think, three times before we got to our destination. It was a very long day with a four-year-old, very long I think I think we were you know I think we were quite quite well we were quite naive about driving um, uh, an EV but also I think we were really enthusiastic so um, uh, you would find us doing journeys that when there would be a perfectly good petrol car sitting next to it that we could you could have used that wouldn't have had any issues we'd still go for the leaf. That's really interesting it sounds like a very similar experience to myself and my wife actually so we 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 replaced our Skoda with a Leaf. We had a Skoda Fabio Estate, um, and we made the decision to go completely electric. So we we only have our Leaf, and I have the I think it's the twenty seventeen Tecma yeah. uh, Leaf, which I think Tecna, which I think is the thirty kilowatt um, yes, battery. Yes, yes, that's that right, one. thirty kilowatt. So bought when we bought it, we bought it brand new um, directly from Nissan, and it had about a hundred. See, it, on the box, it said 120 to 155, but we've only ever mass, got a maximum of 130 out of it. Wow, that's good. Um, which was great. Uh, and we were, just like you, massively naive when we first drove it. So our, we we took a trip down to Monmouth. Um, uh, and, you know, it's a good sort of four and a half, five hour drive to Monmouth with stops when you go down with two children. And we planned to go down there. Um, and it was summer again. And we meticulously planned our route because we were very you know it was a new car and we were still suffering from range anxiety and I think that's something that a lot of people worry about with electric cars is range anxiety uh, we managed to time it the same weekend that the um, M4 was shut down for roadworks for Phil Middleton's wedding and so all our plans and our we'd use that map and everything to get down there were completely scotched which to go through Newbury we ended up driving through Newbury looking for the nearest and again quite naive on the on the uh, I don't know if you found this on the on the sat nav on the leaf. The charge points it shows you aren't always uh, public plug and play charge. Some of these were like privately owned charge points or uh, industry charge points. So we got to some industrial estate somewhere near Newbury, with about seventeen miles left on the on the uh, range. Um, hopefully, trying to charge a car, we obviously couldn't charge it there. So we just carried on driving for the next one. Um, we were in the middle of this co- the countryside um, with two miles left on our clock. And our, driving Ooh. down a dirt track. I mean, that's squeaky bum time right there. Yeah, I mean, a lot. Of the, both both our kids learned some new words in the car that day. That's for <laughs> sure. And we drove past the entrance to this farm, and it just said Eco Farm. 
and we thought well, this has got to, this has got to be providence so we drove down the drive to it and um they they had um uh pop point uh, charges for all the car parks for their i think they're all bmw charge points which as you know is not uh child about it's 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 ac yes, rather than dc right. so I, it was the right fitting for the car but it wouldn't charge the car so uh and then it started to rain um and my wife started regressing buying an electric car so i drove the car down into the forecourt and because it's a farm they had those rubber rubber covered granny plugs yeah. on the exterior of the building and they were very sweet the eco center was a plug-in to charge uh, and we got the kids homework done on the tables and they brought out free drink for us and everything else um, but it was a bit desperate and we were there for about four hours and that gave us uh, enough mileage to get to the next charge point to then charge up again and we made it to Monmouth uh, nine hours later um, so it was a bit of a it was a bit of a journey and we learned a lot and I think um, new EV buyers won't have quite the same experience because the infrastructure is way better now and we'll talk about that later on but I think also there's a lot more uh, experience that's been had by people we are the pioneers, aren't we? We are the trailblazers here. Yes, early adopters. Um, but we do love. I mean, we do love our leaf, and and I, I you know, we, we we'll talk about our um, our driving experiences in them. But I think the range that we have has been brilliant for what we wanted it for. We've driven down to Somerset and Wales in it many, many times, and got used to the journey and the, the Russian roulette of charging points as we go down there. Um, but I wouldn't go back, definitely not. But we'll come to that later on. So your Leaf had a range of 60, 65 miles. Then you, you've got a new car, yes. a new EV now, haven't yes. you? Yes, so Amy can t- tell us all about this this new car that we got recently. Yes, we now are the proud owners. Well, now, first of all, we're down to one car. We're a one-car family now. And right. we've got an MG. So you've got rid of the Leaf? We got rid of the Leaf. Oh, right. Um, and we also got rid of the, previously we had a Skoda Octavia as well. Yeah. Um, but they've both gone, and we now have an MG ZS. Uh, which is lovely. It's twenty. I've never heard of it. It's really, really nice because we were watching. I think with Alex being clever and planting seeds, he planted the seed in my head uh, that actually I'd quite like to get a new car. Um, and he kept putting all these different EV things on, and I just thought it was for him. All these different reviews, um, and then he brought up this review for an MG ZS, and I looked at it. I went, that looks like Skoda Yeti, and I was watching the review, and I was like, this is basically the Skoda Yeti with an electric engine in. I want that car. Now that was about four months ago um, and then we looked at, and this is another question for another podcast, should you buy a car outright or is it better to lease? So we now don't own a car, this is on lease. Um, but I started looking at the options for leasing an, an EV and it started from a little smart car. I'm not quite sure why you would um, lease an EV smart car that only does about 40 miles but Maybe if that's well, all the you need, then that's fine. City, city car, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I looked at my price range, and this was in my price range. And it's fantastic value for money. It's lovely. It lacks some of the things that I quite like to have, but it's brilliant. And the range is that much longer than our original Leaf. Um, so, yeah, we are really happy with it. We're still getting used to it. Uh, What's the it- range on it? The range in it, I think it will tell you something like 150. Um, yeah. Real world, it will probably do about 130. Um, however, we, with in terms of, we keep saying range anxiety. Please don't worry about having range anxiety, listeners. No. It's fine. You get used to it. But for me, it a little uh, noise will go bing and say you need to charge at about 
once it's about just over 100 miles. Um, yeah. And regards to the fact that it can then still do 30 miles, which is over half what the old leaf could do, at that point we want to look for a charger. So we say it's 100 miles without any bother at all. Which is pretty much what my leaf does now. My leaf has yeah. gone from 100, 130 down to about 105 with the battery degradation. Um, which does happen. I mean, every vehicle has has a shelf life. As do it's like your iPhone. Your iPhone drops in battery efficiency over time. Um, but I presume if you're leasing, when that starts to happen, you can just replace it, can you? How does that work? Well, it, or is it's it more got, like PCP? The thing is, it's got it is like um, it's like PCP in an extent. But basically, after four years, you just hand it back and get a new right. car. So uh, any battery degradation after four years should be minimal. And then yeah. the, the the main thing is it's after that point when you really sort of want to uh, when you really go oh yeah uh, you know things aren't going quite as far but that that won't be an issue if you're leasing. Um, the other thing is so, that effect happens yeah, less the larger the battery is. So if if you've got a bigger True. battery, then the actual degradation is becomes less of an issue. Okay. I mean, I, I, we the the Techna that I have, the Leaf Techna, was the last Leaf. That uh, was built without a TMS, without a thermal management system. So when we are driving down to Somerset, we can just keep charging, uh, and basically the the battery. So on on an EV car, you won't see, you won't see your petrol and your oil levels in your dash. You see your range. Uh, I, I don't know if it's different for your MG, but we also you also see battery temperature. Yeah, we don't have that. Um, but you because you probably have TMS now. And yeah. yeah. So so the newer Leafs, the the, the new models, uh, you get to a certain. Uh, temperature of the battery when you're charging if you're driving over long distance and charging multiple times what happens is is the um, car will slow down its charging it'll trickle charge slower and slower so it will take you a lot longer to, to bring it up to um, top charge on a long distance whereas uh, on my leaf I can keep going until it explodes so there are pros and cons to that you know you, you're, if, if you're in a colder weather you can get away with it but then in colder weather you have less range because the battery is colder we actually stopped at a charge point uh, on the way up and another leaf owner next to us was charging his car with his bonnet open and we asked him why and he said it keeps the battery cool because i'm charging it so much which is a little bit scary uh, but was really interesting um and it made, did make me think about well, well maybe i'm pushing it a little bit too bit but generally extreme, speaking in the uk though, it? it's yeah it's... i mean in the uk driving from where i live in kent to the, the west country that's you know that's not really an issue i think if you're driving in europe or in america over long, long distance, you'd have a real issue trying to go long distance to an electric car with the smaller range batteries because of that that TMS issue. So I just find that something I've learned since owning an electric vehicle. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good point. I think um, things have got easier now with newer cars. So yeah, I think definitely. I think it's it's less of an issue for um, uh, new drivers. I think the other thing that people forget is that you know, when your range increases, say your range doubles, it sounds obvious, but you charge half as often, which yeah. means it's better for your battery anyway. So, um, yeah, so you don't you don't get need to worry too much about these things. Yeah, we've gone through that pain, so you don't have to. And also I discovered actually with long distance charging is people have this initial tendency to try and charge fully at every stop. You don't need to do that. No, you don't need to charge a full charge, and in fact, with most electric cars, charging to about eighty percent is better for the battery, but also better. Um, more, it makes more sense to have a shorter uh, fifty-minute charge and keep and charge more often than stop for a longer charge when you're using a smaller battery. And so, you do find these little systems going in place, which I found fascinating. Um, 
But let's look at some uh, electric vehicles. Uh, so we've done a bit of a, a top five list, all of us here. Um, I've got a top five and so have Alex and Amy. Uh, Amy, if you want to add to this, because you know, you've only got five between the two of you, by all means. Um, <laughs> We've been looking into sort of the most interesting, and, and again, when I looked at this in our in our agenda tonight, I, when when Alex said most interesting, I, I went a little. I think I went a bit more quirky than you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the thing is, um, you we weren't thinking about budget, which is great. No. Um, whereas I was, I was thinking about cars that not necessarily I could afford, but are close to what I can afford. Because I've been trying. The intention was that I got the EV, and Amy had the Leaf. Um, but that didn't work out. So now, now Amy's got the the, the ZS, and um, uh, uh, I don't have a car at the moment. So I am, so I'm looking for a car. But um, yeah, these are. Oh, right. So you're looking for another one. Well, yeah. There Will was, you go electric as well? To be fair, for another one. I don't really need a car. But if I did need a car, I'd need I'd need an electric car. I don't want to buy a, a, a another petrol sure, car. Yeah. So anyway, so so you can get into my my mind as the things that we thought about anyway as we as we go through the car options okay so uh alex if you want to go through your list alex and amy yeah um so uh, i think the main thing for evs is in general yeah look there is a lot of um concern about their cost um particularly the you know the sticker price tends to be five to ten k more than the petrol uh, petrol version and so ones i've picked are somewhat more affordable and and the reason that that's important is as we go on later on the running costs are so much lower so if you can get mm. a car at an affordable rate then you'll you'll make start start getting money back from it sooner so the ones that i've suggested are the renault zoe um the the latest ones have a really really good range um and they're really underrated they're still one of the cheapest cars that you can buy um have a bit of competition by the MG actually. The MG itself, uh, the MG ZS is actually really affordable. Um, but but still, the Zoe is 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 noticeably cheaper than a Nissan Leaf, which is like it's the what people think. It's of. one of the first cars we looked at, Alex, yeah. when we were looking at cars. The only thing that really stopped us from getting it was the uh, boot size, mm. because it's quite a small. It it's, is it's, it's a real runabout small car, yeah. and we do we wanted to, we we still go we do actually go camping in our Leaf, which. People are always amazed when they, when they see what unfolds from our boot of a leaf. Um, and we had to buy various individual special rails for the roof rack as well. Oh, wow. So you, it's like are, a game... Which were leaf-specific. Like a game of Tetris then, to get everything in and out. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You, the kids are a bit like sort of... You can just see their faces squash between <laughs> the cracks of all the kit in the back seat. But, but yes, yeah, so, so the Zoe, I mean, we really like the look of it. And I like the fact you could... Um, it played different sounds. You could have different sounds coming out. And then the latest Zoe, I understand, has the rapid charge engine as well. Yes. It has the new, so you can charge it really quickly. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's actually got a really good, uh, it's really, it's got a really good range. So um, it's a 50 kilowatt um, thing. Right, and it yeah. goes, oh, there's 40 and 50 kilowatts. And it yeah. does uh, between 150 and 190 miles, which actually... And that's it's pretty good. Yeah, Karen, sorry. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. And the, and, and its size and its, its size will be a, a factor in that range as well, I imagine. Yes. But you, you do see this, again, if you're new to EVs, you'll, you'll see this. This is quite a common thing where the manufacturer will offer two different types of batteries for it. So they'll offer the, the, the lower capacity battery for the runaround and maybe the higher one for people who want to go a bit further. And that's quite standard these days. Yeah, I think a lot of the time... So one of the things that we get... Um, 
uh, challenged a lot is, you know, I'll, I'll buy an EV when battery technology gets good. And the answer to that is battery technology is already good. The only difference is that you want a, a bigger, you want to go further, you need to have a bigger battery. And yeah. that's the bit that a lot of the time people go, oh, well, well, I thought it would be cheaper. I thought, ah, right, okay, so now it's a money thing that we've got to discuss. And you're right, you want a bigger battery, you want to go further. It costs you more, whereas in a, in a petrol car, makes no difference. And so that's that's one of the things that you're not used to, but it is it is really important. Um, well, yes, but it's only it's only like getting a a petrol car with a different capacity petrol engine. So, yeah. my our Skoda used to fill back in the days when it was economical to fill up a petrol vehicle. I would say between fifty five and sixty pounds for a full tank. But then, if you're driving a Range Rover, you're, you're looking at double that. Yeah, and you know, so actually, and you're paying, you know, it cost does I think to fill our battery up with our home electricity a pound fifty for a full tank. Mm. And then obviously you're paying if you're paying at charge points along the motorway, somewhere between four and five to six pounds. Uh, I use Ecotricity quite a lot when I'm charging yeah. because they're our local ones. So yes, okay, again you're you're going to pay more for more range in a petrol car as well, a diesel car. So the system is exactly the same. It's just the initial outlay. It is you know, the if you want outlay. to go anything above two hundred and fifty miles, you're going to pay forty five fifty k higher, yeah. aren't you? And yeah. our that's. And that's the way it is. And, and that's which is why leasing is quite a good idea. Yeah, right? that's right. It is a good idea. It's also one of the challenges that we have at the moment, um, without going off into too much of a tangent. But it's one of the challenges that we have in the UK because the grant has just been reduced to thirty-five grand, which basically means that um, you can get, I think it's three and a half grand off your EV, a new EV price, if your sticker price is, is the under thirty-five grand. And the problem is that if people Tricky want one, longer battery, uh, longer range, then they'll it's more expensive, and then you it ends yeah. up being even more expensive, which is not not ideal. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. So then we looked at the MG, uh, the MG ZS EV, um, which is actually surprisingly affordable. We should probably just qualify that the MG is um, obviously a well-known UK brand, but the car is actually built in China. So it's not it's not a uh, an English uh, car at all. It's uh, it was bought by when Rover went under. They bought the Rover mark and the MG mark, uh, and it was bought by a company called SAIC Motors in in China. And so MG is is their um, uh, brand for EVs. Although the ZS actually there is a petrol equivalent of the ZS as well, which has also been quite successful. So not all of the ZSs are are electric. Um, but yeah, so um, for the money, the ZS actually ticks a few more boxes because it's a bigger car. It's got better. Um, uh, it's got uh, uh, sort of more more well equipped than Zoe and has a better quality of uh, of interior than Zoe. The range is not quite as good. Um, it's about as I say we said about 130 is a real world, real world range. Um, but even so, that's actually significantly more than our previous car. And for the money. It's actually, you know, you're getting quite a lot for that. Um, so we think that that's quite a good one. And that's why you'll find it in for lease deals and things like that at the moment. It's, it's very affordable. But to give you an idea, in terms of if you were to go and buy it off the rack, as it were, at the moment, you can buy an MGZS EV for around 26 grand. And that's significantly under the 35 grand cap. It's also a lot yeah. lower, cheaper than some of the other um, competitors. 
So, I mean, previously, before the, this came out and before the, there's there's a whole range of new EVs coming out at the moment. Um, but before this, it was literally if you wanted a longer range car, it would be either the Tesla Model 3, yeah. uh, the Kia e-Niro or the um, Hyundai Ionix. Ionix, yeah. Mm. Were they not hybrids, though, the Ionix? No, there, is hybrids, a, there was a battery um, uh, only version of the Ionix yeah. as well. And so those would be your options, and that would be it. The i5, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and so that those those are good options. The e Nero, for example, you'll see quite a lot of those on the on the the road in the UK now. Um, but the main challenge is that they are limited by the number of, number of um, number of cars that get shipped to the UK. There's, they're they're severely restrained, and there's quite a long waiting list to get to get hold of them. Um, it's improved somewhat now, um, but for a big period, there was a six to nine month waiting list. Um, and the same was true of the Tesla Model 3, which is an excellent car, but but yeah. was, did have until recently quite a significant waiting list. Doesn't anymore. Yeah, now the, the, the Tesla Model 3, I think at the time I bought the Leaf, it was just about to come out. Yeah. Uh, I think did it come out in twenty eighteen? It was it was a while. It was two or three years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, that's maybe right. Maybe a bit longer. And I remember at the time thinking, um, "Oh, that's about the same." Because I think you could get one. I think you could get one for thirty seven. It was it was in the it UK in twenty nineteen, but it was yeah. advertised and and taught in the US in twenty eighteen, and at the time it was thirty seven or thirty eight k, which was for the the like absolute the basic, basic model. In fact, I think yeah. they had an off-book model that was like standard range, not standard range plus, which is what they've done now. So that's that's what our, our tech would cost us. We, we went because the, we went for the one with the, the Bose um, mm-hmm. stereo system and the yeah. alloy wheels and the leather seats um, because we went PCP and, our, and the, the guy in this, the showroom said, if you buy the nicer one, you'll get a better return value to it. Um, at the time... Um, I was umming and ahhing about the Tesla, but I didn't want to wait for it, essentially. Yeah. And I'm not as big a fan of the interior and the design of the Tesla. It's, and from what I hear, maybe it's changed now, but the early Tesla's build quality, the interior was pretty poor. Yeah, so... In terms of the finishings, the plastic bits. That's, and the, that was the main you know, issue with Tesla's, was the build quality wasn't as good as it should have been for that level of car. Um, yeah. And things like like panel gaps uh, were being a bit inconsistent. Yeah. That is still an issue, um, but the cars are now mo- mainly made in China, uh, the ones that we get. Um, so that has obviously helped with with uh, costs from Tesla's point of view. Hasn't changed our costs at the moment, but no. Um, and yeah, I think quality has generally become more, uh, you know, more consistent, and and things I, have been improved. I don't know how it is for you, Amy. Maybe because the demographic's different, but uh, I teach in a prep school. So if you're not a UK listener, that's the prep school is the school where people pay to go uh, rather than based on state funded schools. Um, and we ha- I have noticed over the last two years uh, a shift from all the parents sitting, waiting for their little ones in their cars with their engines running in their four by fours. We, had, we get basic. We're a four by four showroom well, two, three years ago. And that's now shifting. And we have I've seen four or five Teslas on pickup. Um, we've got a Porsche Taycan. Oh, nice. Uh, parent of my all of the children in my class so i i very she very kindly let me sit down and uh, try it out and look inside <laughs> it um 
so I, I do see now that I, especially the Teslas, and these are mostly model, not the Model Threes, but the Model Ss. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they've now re- almost starting to replace, and it's a really good sign. I think it's really good. They're starting to replace the, um, the you know, the four by four BMWs, the or the X3s, and things like that, as the next prestige parent pickup vehicle in our in our school. And I think that's really interesting. It's a good sign. I spend every year trying to convince our ground staff to in, in, install charge points in the school. Um, but um, I think that's really interesting. Now, you, you mentioned the Kia Enero, but they've got, you've got one more car on your list as well, haven't you? Yeah, so the, the, the main thing that I found is there aren't that many saloon cars. So the Model 3 is the obvious one yeah. that people think of, the S being the bigger brother of, of the Model 3. Um, now, the one that... Um, it's a fairly new in entrant is the Polestar, Polestar 2 it's called. Um, it's actually basically a Volvo sub-brand. Yeah. Um, but it's really well built. And while it, the 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 um, while the, the build is very much reminiscent of a Volvo car, obviously, um, it, it, it's really nice to drive uh, and, and has a reasonable amount of space in it. Um, and that's coming in reasonably affordable. They only recently announced there would be a standard range model of this, which is at forty k. Uh, which is what's their standard range? So the standard range for this, hang on, I'm just gonna look it up. Because I'm at that price, I'm thinking uh, 200 miles. Yeah. So that's my guess. Holstar um, standard range single motor actually does two hundred and fifteen miles. That's yeah, not bad. Uh, and the long price. range. Um, there's a long range single motor as well which is 265 miles um which is so you're paying six grand more for another 30 miles yeah hmm. now you're right it's 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 a lot of money to pay that's almost like apple apple pricing for their increase on memory that isn't it really it's quite quite well it's thing is it's quite similar to the uh, model 3 price so the model 3 price yeah. is 41k for the standard range plus and it's 48k for the long range then the thing is that all of these uh uh prices all got a little up uh, a little bump because the the grant was removed so they were previously three and a half grand cheaper um and i think that polestar brought out a slightly cheaper model no realizing that people would be quite happy with it and it would compete well with a tesla um but unfortunately prices have just gone up a bit more so um, there's not as much competition. I, I, I know you said at the top of this podcast that we all agreed that 250 would be the, the minimum, but I think for 40k, I think I'd be very happy with 250 mile range. And let's be realist. Let's be honest. That's, that's the WLTP range. Oh, I took the, no. Uh, I took the real world range from. You took the real world range. Yeah. Right? What's the WLTP on that then? Uh, I don't know. Actually, we can we can find the out. Worldwide harmonized light vehicle test procedure <laughs> range, which is. I think it's different in the in Europe compared to America because in Europe uh, the motorways are different to American motorways, so you get less range in America than you do in Europe. Yes. So, so the way that the way that I do it is there's a website called EV Database. Um, right. And if you, oh, you sent me a link to if that, you yeah I'll put a link to it um, yeah. in there and um, that gives you a real world range which is pretty good um, and it kind of covers you for for most of it. Um, I think that we've also got to remember how far two hundred miles is. Because the thing is, in the UK, it's not that big a big a, a place. So that see, that's that will get me to my friends in Monmouth in one charge in one charge. Yeah, because they're 190 miles away. So if I live in Kent, I can get to Monmouth, which is just in the outskirts of Wales, 
in one charge using the pole star. Yeah. No, completely. And that's 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 the dream really, because that's that's for us that's the furthest we generally go. And I think it's a very reasonable range for that price actually. Yeah, I mean you've got to remember that like from so we we're in Milton Keynes, that's from you know, centre of uh, the UK pretty much. So, you know, we could get up to Manchester easily. We could go to Bristol or we could go to Bournemouth without char- thinking about charging, just just knowing that we can charge somewhere at the end. Yeah. Um, we could go to Wales almost all in one go. Like you could get quite a good part of that. But you could probably get to Snowdonia if you if you uh, stopped for a top up at Telford or something. Yeah. So actually, you know, at that point, charging becomes less of an issue because you end up going. Well, look, I don't want to drive for more than three two hours anyway. Thanks. Yeah. So I feel like that actually that range is probably pretty good, um, and I think that's that people don't like having to change their behavior uh because of range but i do think yeah. it's it's kind of needed and what we've got to do is try and give people a um a useful carrot so so people always think about the negative but you actually need to say look this this journey it's costing you it's costing you 50p it yeah. normally would have cost you about about 15 quid uh, is that all right <laughs> and everyone be like, I think, oh, yeah. think people also forget don't they Alex about the maintenance costs as well we'll mention that later on yeah. our pros and cons um but there's there's lots of benefits for having an electric car we'll talk about that later so, on so do you want to go through um, your options I was going to say we we kind of went for set shall we say sensible cars things <laughs> that people could actually go out now <laughs> look up and buy and with that John <laughs> well you see now you said interesting um electric vehicles and I, I these are obviously unattainable most of these for me um although i'm quite in, the peugeot looks quite a good deal um but yes i i i was very much taken by i see i'm a gadget man i know you are as well Alex, yeah. but um the when it came to you deciding to go electric uh for me it really was if i'm if i like my gadgets i want to get an electric car and then when I realised the ecological benefits, we've changed over to green power in the house as well. So we predominantly charge our vehicle from our granny plug overnight because most of the time I'm driving 10 miles, 5, 10 miles a day from work and back. And so it's it's doable. Um, and we have a lot of pay-for charges near us um, on the motor because we're next to the M20. So I looked at the more sort of... Uh, you know, lifestyle vehicles here. And some of these aren't even uh, available to buy. In fact, one of them's a concept car. But like, uh, <laughs> again, if you're listening to this and you Google these, you can see what they look like. Um, the, the big one that was, uh, was kind of hitting all the headlines recently was the Mercedes EQS. Yeah. And I'm, I, I looked at a Verge video of this when it was in its, still had its um, camouflage paint on that they lent the Verge. Um, and the, the Mercedes EQS is basically the, uh, the electronic version of their S-Class. Uh, and it's the one with the massive um, curved 50.55.5 inch hyper screen um, with screens on the back seats for the, the passengers and even a screen in the middle armrest that detaches to control the other screens. But it has voice control and it has sort of like a, an Alexa style trim that glows as well. And, you know, I mean, if you're if you've got money to burn and this is one hundred thousand pounds, you know, I think it's going to be ranging from maybe 80,000 to 100,000 pounds to buy. This is not the vehicle I'd be buying, but you know there'll be some parents at my school that will drive in with this, and there'll be um, people who are used to these sort of vehicles wanting one of these. And actually, this is equivalent in price to the Model X Tesla as well, which is usually about 150, 120 grand. Yeah. You know, the Goldwing 
Tesla. Um, so I was I was very taken by it. About again, we know that the S Class Mercs generally are the leaders of new gadgets in cars, and that that trickles down into other cars. And so you'll see in a few years' time some of the ideas from the Model S's and the Model and in this case the the Model EQS coming down into other cars. And so I think it's quite important to see it. Um, There's a good. And if you get a chance to to YouTube watch a YouTube video of the uh, introduction, the unveiling of the hyperscreen is quite interesting. There's there's a good video of that because um, they're now starting to get production versions in the UK as well. So um, there's a fully charged review of it if you if you have a look on their YouTube. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting vehicle. Uh, my my next uh, EV is an interesting one. It's the Volkswagen Type Twenty. Uh, this is a concept car, but um, it only has a ten kilowatt battery. So. I, I'm not entirely sure. I think that's just so they can drive it off the back of the the, the lorry at the showroom and back on again, <laughs> because you can't, you know, for for a, a vehicle designed to go to the coast to surf in, um, which is always the, the night what people imagine camper vans are for. You get your surf bumps going down to the coast in them, um, and they are it is it is does follow the original kind of iconic camper van retro style design. Again, if you get to look at photographs of this, there's some very strange things going on with its. Um, wing mirrors and steering wheel, which looks like sort of molten orange plastic, and um, but you know this this camper van has a holographic display. It has biometric face recognition on the entry. It has a voice assistant. I just think uh, there's not many. Um, there's a lot of as you said. There's a lot of hatchbacks, a few sedans, but there's very few leisure fun electric vehicles. And you, there, I think Nissan do do a camper van style thing as well. Um, my uh, friends in Monmouth, who normally we go down and see them, and we plug our car into their garage, they are now buying an ID4. They've they've kind of seen us drive down, and they've kind of bitten the bullet. Their other vehicle is a van they use for putting their boats and bikes in. Because my friends, she's a professional cyclist as well, and and uh, among other things. Mm. So that van is still petrol, but she's been looking for electric vans and really struggling. Um, and you get a lot of them that are used for commercial use. Um, but they're managed as fleets, and it's a slightly different way of doing things. So, I'd be interested to see what what comes next for people carriers and you know van based electric vehicles for the consumer. Um, the one on my list here that I'll probably be most likely would want to buy in terms of the cost, and I think this is one of the best cost range ratios I've seen in a vehicle, is the Peugeot E two hundred eight. Uh, which has a it's 28k for the basic model um, and it has a, a battery of 50 kilowatts and I think perhaps that it might have a larger option as well because I yes. don't know if that 217 miles is the 50 kilowatt but you can get a 20 217 mile range on that for that price is pretty good um, but also like the um, I think like the new Zoe it has dual charging so it can accept uh, slow or fast charging the what they call ultra fast charging yeah. So this can actually be charged um, on a larger battery from 0 to 80 in, in half an hour. Now, my Leaf can do that on a small battery, but being able to do it on a larger battery is really interesting. So the other clever thing they've done with this Peugeot is they've used the same body as the E208. And the challenge you have with electric cars is fitting the battery in. So what they've done is they've chopped up the battery or placed the battery in separate units in all the gaps where you know the fuel tank and everything else would be. So it doesn't look any different and it fits without any kind of um, trade-offs on, on the base of the car. I, I don't know if your uh, MG has this, but in the um, Leaf, the seats are slightly raised. They sit on the battery in the car. 
so you've got no very little space under the seats if that makes sense there whereas the the, the uh, Peugeot I think is you wouldn't know it was electric from the interior if that makes sense yeah which is quite interesting because what they did is the chassis they use for the E2A is a hybrid chassis so it can use both electric and and, yeah. and uh, petrol so this there was space for a petrol engine and then they take that out and replace it with the electric motor um that that particular one um it does have a it has a real world range of 170 miles which is not bad so the w the wltp range must be the uh you know the wltp yeah is is like yeah, it's like the best the best it can get it, that's yeah that's like the um yeah turn all the all the radio and aircon off, off and then go around yeah, in yeah, circles yeah. at a certain range yeah. uh, at a certain rate <laughs> But um, no, yeah. it's not bad, but it's still never, never quite real, real, real world. No. But um, but even so, yeah, this is a really good one, um, and 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 from affordability point of view, that's really good. The um, improved charging rate is important for some of the newer chargers. So um, the MG only accepts fifty kilowatt hours, uh, so fifty kilowatts, right. which is the same as your Leaf. Uh, John, yeah. so that's, obviously that's the, the Ch- Chardemo is it? Uh, no, ours is CCS. CCS. But um, yeah. but yeah, so obviously the the more power you can get in on on the connection, the faster it will charge. Um, and and so it's about how it can handle that. So you'll see more and more that will accept a hundred or even one hundred and fifty, depending on what the car is. Um, and it will make a big difference for those longer trips. CCS, by the way, is a standard for charging electric vehicles called the Combined Charging System, and yes. it can provide power up to 350 kilowatts. Uh, that's the one thing I'd like to discuss later on, is when we're going to get a unified charging infrastructure, but we'll come to that later on. A yeah. um, couple of vehicles here towards the end. Uh, these these are the nice ones, the ones that are kind of would be awesome, but obviously beyond my price range. So the, the Jaguar I-Pace is a lovely vehicle, um, and I don't think there's much to say for this. I mean, you're, you're getting your range from the price... 65 grand for kind of the average price for one of those new that gives you just under 300 miles 292 miles you know i i would like that if i could have that <laughs> but that price is beyond my range uh and then what i, I, I think is the most interesting it actually fits my brief as a user more, more than anything else because we are i know you two are not i know you especially are not alex you're not a camper no you don't you'd rather be at a hotel i my family love camping and we we've um camp every year um, hence these long trips to Somerset and the Hyundai's Ionic 5 um, I am not sure yet if it's been released it's coming out late this year I think it's you can go to the site and you can put in a pre-order yes. for it but so this one's um, the selling point apart from some of the nice things like it's got an AR HUD a solar roof which I think is an optional extra solar roof um, but this one has a battery that lets you plug your devices into it and charge from it. So if you're on a campsite, you can plug in a TV or an e-bike or a fridge freezer or a microwave whilst you're camping. Now, one of the things I do find when I'm camping is with electric cars, I don't know if it's the same for yours, is they don't charge when they're turned off. I know my old Skoda used to. Um, so I, I generally go to wild camping. I'm, I don't go to campsites that have plug-in points. And, right. you know, it's it, wild camping is a field mm-hmm. with a... A dunny in the corner, basically, um, and so this would be ideal. The fact you could actually run things off it, um, which means it's got a bigger uh, capacity. So I think you get three hundred miles from the Arnic Five. If yeah, yeah. three hundred miles, and it's about forty-five k. So actually, and that price relates to that. That's not a bad price too for its range, is it? Really, 
No, not at all. I mean, it's one of those things where the Onyx looks lovely, like from the um, reviews yeah. and... Um, it's got some lovely interiors. Yeah, it, it's got really it's nice. Got, I love the back of it's it. Got, well, it's got like a floating middle island, so you can move yeah. the middle console back, and it's got these things called relax seats. So the seats go all the way back so you can sleep in them yeah. as well. So it's been and the the it's got two screens at the front and a very open, so it's very open. It, 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 it's the nearest thing I've seen to to a futuristic looking car that's now available. Yeah, and th- that's um, if you get a chance to look at the interior, it's really interesting. Yeah, that's because it's 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 one of the first uh, for Hyundai, one of the first uh, EV only chassis that is built. So it's not yeah. had to think about petrol tanks or uh, where the engine goes at all. And the other thing is, it has quite a long wheelbase. Um, yeah. And and so that that you can have a long wheelbase if you don't need to have a big engine at the front um, or a yeah. big tank at the back. And so because of because of that, you have the wheels are right at the um, front and right at the back, and in between there's all this extra it's space. So even though it's actually um, not that bigger car comparatively, you get a little bit extra space. Um, and and so it's interesting to see what they're doing with it. And there's my five. Um, so quite an eclectic mix from both of us there, I think. Um, now that we've gone through these, and I think there are there are aspects of all these vehicles that we all heard and thought, oh, that sounds nice. So the next question we need to ask now, if we could um, choose our next EV, and I think this is perhaps be- a better conversation for people thinking about buying yeah. here. Um, we've got to think about uh, all the pros and cons. Um what do you want? This is the main to- topic we've really been talking about. What do you want your next EV to be? So let's just go through some of these um, that could help a purchasing decision. Um, and I think for for the sake of our listeners, we sh- I reckon we should be aiming at a forty, let's say forty two k. Top top price. Yeah. Does that sound Does that sound fair? Yeah, forty forty five seems about. I mean, right. if seems if you want to get a discount. You- you have to go thirty-five. Yeah, as I said, I think that's a clever little sneaky trick for the government to avoid paying very much these days. That's that's um, exactly it. Yeah. Um, so let's go through. We've 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 been, we're not being down on EVs here. Um, let's go through some of the cons so people are aware of them. Yeah, and then we can talk about the, the positives on the other side of yeah. it. So, uh, Amy and Alex. So the main con that I think we've said many times so far is the range anxiety, just because. When you're transferring over to being an EV, you're used to having a vehicle that will do 300 miles. The idea that you suddenly you'll be doing less than that does make people worry. It's a bit like someone being used to always having 50 grid in their pocket and suddenly they've only got 30. It's a change that you get used to. Um, so the range anxiety is just the fear in the same way that you might run out of petrol, that you might run out of energy. Alex? Oh, I was just going to say that it's also it's reinforced by knowing that you're only a couple of you know, a, a few miles away from a petrol station and a petrol station regardless of whether it's a little one or a big one would always be able to give you petrol and i think i think that's the the, the difference is that people kind of go oh but what happens if the petrol station doesn't do charging um and that that is that is a valid concern and it's luckily it's going to be be reduced because um you will find more and more charging uh, places at petrol stations. I think you've probably seen this though, both of you, because you've had your leaf before. Yes. Like we got ours. It has been really interesting watching the infrastructure, yes, the, the number right. of charge points increase. And actually, 
I've driven to my aunt's in the countryside and discovered petrol stations with rapid charge, just one of them, rapid chargers on the forecourt that you can use. And I think we've reached that turning point now. I think people are recognising now there are more vehicles out there, more and more. Um, and I know Tesco's uh, are doing a deal with the, uh, either Podpoint or Ecotricity where they're trying to put more and more charge. I mean, it's, it's, it's a clever way of thinking about it. If someone's charging in your car park, they're there to buy food from you, aren't they? So I think you will see more. That infrastructure will improve. I, in terms of range anxiety, I think you're right, Amy. It is, you you change the way you drive. I think I'm a much more careful, safe driver than I ever used to be, for a start. I don't, I tend to drive on motorways at 65 rather than 70. So when I first took our, when we first took our car out for a motorway drive, we were hooning down there at 80 to see what the car could do. And you could see the battery just going down visibly because that will, you're not, the leaf recharges whenever you are, when you slow down, you've got like a curse system. Yeah. Most EV cars do that now, don't they? They, they recharge on the, when you take your, think, your foot off the pedal, your car will recharge as it's slowing down. Um, so I think you do change the way you drive. You do change your way of living. I really like being a bit more thoughtful about my journeys. Um, the children really like the stops. I know that sounds ridiculous. They like the stops more often because they're not stuck in the car. Um, I don't find that's an issue locally because we have enough charge points around us. We have a local MS installed 20 charge points uh, two miles down the road from where we have a McDonald's near us as charge points. I can drive to my local Nissan dealership and charge for free still there. So, uh, you know, for me, even out here in the countryside where I live, it's not really an issue. I think people need to be aware of that. As pioneers three or four years ago, it was a little bit stressful now and then. Uh, and you uh, you mentioned at the, beginning, at the beginning of the podcast, we've both done this. I've come back from Manchester in an electric car with my wife, and we've literally been driving down the um, cold shoulder to the next charge point in the driving rain at ze- not even zero on our, our range. It was down to the three dots. And we were driving at 20 miles an hour and then slowing to recharge and driving. And we got there and we charged. It was, you know, if you're going to push it to zero, I think the electric cars have a little bit of a buffer range in them still. So they do, um, but we yeah di- we we have actually run out on it. We we ran out so, on a motorway on the slip road up to where the charging point was because. So um, on the basis that I can, I was able to drive to my parents all the way down to London on a single yeah. charge. Alex took this as a challenge. Um, now I did he do like the um, the Top Gear. Clocks and drives to Liverpool on one tank of gas challenge. No, well, it wasn't similar. that bad. It, it was. Lights. It was. Um, I'd, I'd done the journey in the daytime, and back in the day, if it was warmer, the battery just lasts a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, Alex's job was to drop our child off to the grandparents, I think, um, for the night down in London. Can I just and, ask, is he getting the blame for this? Oh, he absolutely got the blame for this. Okay. Right, um, right, right. So he's nodding his head, folks. Now again, I'd done the journey on about one hundred percent. I think I think he might have left on ninety or eighty. It wasn't quite fully charged. Yeah. And I said, "Will you be okay?" Yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. It is night time, my love. You are going to be using all the things on the car and and stuff. No, absolutely fine. And then I got a phone call um, saying that they were on the. Would you? Do you know what? You can take it from here, husband. <laughs> I'm sensing a bit of resentment. I don't know why. Oh, that's um, I the thing is, is this wounds here. at the time there was two choices for charging. You could charge on the M1 at Toddington, or you could go to Wat- Watford Gap. There was nothing in yep. between. There literally nothing at all. So it wasn't like a 
all um you'd, half and half yeah it was literally a question yeah. of you know it was either that point and so i drove there are lots of options now there are now great yeah now. this more. isn't a, this isn't the, the same issue is really good but for charging, um, by the way. what happened was that i got to toddington and i had uh plenty of range i had like i think the next stops were um uh, 25 miles away and i had 45 50 miles of range uh, on the on the clock so and the way that i always used to work with the leaf was basically roughly half it and and then that yeah. way that's your worst case so even if things don't go so well um so i thought you know what i think it'll be okay and so i but the problem is it was a guess it wasn't like like i didn't know it would be okay i just the numbers were telling me it would would be fine and i thought oh, it'll be okay so i just kept driving and i don't know whether it was cold or what but the, the range just started ticking down quite quickly. I have seen that too. I don't know why it's happened. And we were driving in driving rain with a roof box on, so that's a fact. Yeah, were I mean, you, I wasn't... You, were you carrying heavy load? No, it was just me, me and my daughter. Um, I and think the five-year-olds. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know why. I, and the thing is, I, I wasn't even going like... Maybe I was going 70 rather than 65. But it, but it was it was... I wasn't like going crazy speed or anything like that. And so then the, 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 it just clocked down and clocked down and clocked down. And I was like, well, look, I've only got this option and I should still be fine. I've got to keep going. And so it got yeah. to a point where I was, um, it said like uh, uh, 10 miles worth of range and we were five miles from the thing. And I thought this would be okay. And it just went down and down and down and then got to it's the... exactly. Exactly the same situation when we got down to the dot, dot, dot as well. Yeah, it, it, We were doing exactly the same calculation looking exactly the yeah. same isn't that interesting so and then the thing is what happens um this is frustrating for for uh, uh listeners but the nissan leaf t- to help you uh, remind you that you need to stop and charge doesn't show you the range uh when it gets really really low no, it's it's three dashes yeah, it's just three it? dashes I mean, the number point, goes completely it's just three you dashes. have you no idea there. how far you no. have left and i was like the next the next stop is my charging spot so that's it. and and then what happened was it, it it literally started slowing down and going to what's called turtle mode um and then i got onto the hard shoulder because i was like this is a problem now and then it literally stopped it it didn't it turtle mode for some people goes quite away but this did not um so then i was stuck now the thing is that's like the worst case you think oh my god what would happen well it's just the same as if you break down with a car in um on on the hard shoulder it's like it's no different than a normal car so all that happens is that you you know ring ring um breakdown and uh you you just you just need to ring breakdown people and they need to pick you up and 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 recover the car and so we took it um uh, took the car back home um so yeah so but it was quite traumatic to do that but it's some um some uh breakdown services they offer this service, I know the BMW did that for a while as a sort of courier. They bring uh, uh, like a trolley, like a trailer that has a generator on the back that can charge you. you can just get your battery enough to the next station. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah well. the AA do that now. At the time, yeah. um, the they, Nissan had a, a breakdown cover included, and all that Nissan would do was give you a flatbed. They wouldn't do anything else. Yeah. And and in fact, they would only give me a flatbed to either um my destination or home. home so they would literally yeah. say look where are you going and i had to pick one so i picked home um but yeah so it's, as i say it was one of those things that was, it was very frus- very frustrating but that won't normally happen so long as you have a bigger battery 
And so yeah. I think the thing is, we've got to remember that and also remember that the charging infrastructure is so much better now. Way so better. what what would have happened is I would have got to Toddington. I would have gone, hmm, it looks fine. And then I would have got down to Luton or uh, maybe Hemel. And I would have said, Joe, you know I'm just going to take the next turning off and I'm going to just charge there because it's a little bit early, but at least I'd know it would, I'd be able to do it. Uh, and then that wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been a problem. Whereas, um, you know, and that's the one of the, one of the challenges is, is that um, petrol stations. We're still learning, aren't we? Sorry, we're still learning about this. We're still this is still in our infancy, really. Yeah. Well, also, mm. petrol stations are spaced uh, a reasonable distance for petrol cars. Yeah. So, uh, whereas for electric cars, that's that's less of any. Uh, you know, it's a bit more of a problem, particularly on the small small range cars. I think I think what we ended up doing then is we ended up driving the e Leaf less for long distances yeah um and because we had a petrol car we just thought you know we're going to do do the the petrol car and i think that's quite a common you know common choice to to to, to make a um, a bit of a what's we're looking for here an admission of guilt yeah here. i i we are going to somerset get this somerset again this year um but this year for the first time we are hiring a petrol four by four to go down there and that's mainly because where we go uh, is very there's lots of high gradient locations near the coast a lot of cliff walks we we've been down there in our leaf four or five years in a row and it's fine and the campsite are, are nice about letting us charge overnight i just bung on a, a, a brown beer token whenever yeah. we do it but um the issue is of course that we visited we visited everything in the range that an ev can visit in that area yeah every year so we want to go a bit further afield um my, my friend's father is involved with the Dunster farm farming show and things so we just want to go a little bit further afield without the worry of that and also I was popping down to the local uh, hotel the local Marriott near that campsite and sitting in the um, the carvery for three hours with a couple of well with one pint waiting for it to charge that was one of my jobs uh, in the daytime and it's just it means you lose three or four hours in and I think EVs are not really designed for the west country no, I think that's a, fair. The, the infrastructure. Uh, the infrastructure there is nowhere near as good as Central England, well, um, which is a shame. I think again, it's getting better, and it will get better. Our campsites are going to have to start doing it when we all drive electric. But um, so it's, we we felt bad about doing it, um, but it, I think because it's a holiday, it's a holiday vehicle, and it doesn't matter how much it costs, it's still cheaper for us to do that than pay for petrol for the rest of the year round in a normal petrol car. We still make such a saving; it's fine to do that. Um, yeah. So that there is that as well. For, so we made the same decision about range, Amy. Absolutely. I mean, the idea of getting an electric vehicle is how far do you really need to go? I pooch yeah. to and from work every day, not very far at yeah. all. We were looking for an EV that would get me down to my parents and back in one go. We now have that, yeah. which is fantastic yeah. because it's about a hundred mile round trip. That's all we need. So if we do want to go further, we'll plan in a couple, you know, a stop or two, which is fine because everyone needs to pop to the toilet every now and again. Yeah. Um, and as you said, if we we've already said this before, if we're going to go on a really long trip, then we can just hire a, a petrol car for that weekend or for that week, and that's totally okay because we're aiming or, you know, on what our personal range yeah. need is. We see a friend in Manchester quite often as well, and we go up by train. And that's a lovely yeah. trip by train. We can sleep. And, and again, you've got to think about, we, we did make a decision to do this for the sake of the environment. Mm. And actually going by train is, is just as good for the environment because you're, you're sharing a vehicle. And I wouldn't be surprised within 30 or 40 years' time that public transport becomes much more of an option for a lot of people. 
I think I think that the, the time of the long distance drive is is waning in and unless we really sort out our um, technology that's the way it's going to go you've got to remember electric electric powered vehicles are not the best option for powering a vehicle they are a transition technology they are not the best option so what would be the, the best inherent, option um that i don't know um but it's there's going to be a better solution um inherently for for the world we live in because obviously there's only so much um uh, heavy metals that you can uh, gouge out the earth mm. to, to make these vehicles. You know, we're gonna we're gonna reach the same uh, point we're at now with fossil fuels at some point. Um, you know, so may, maybe John Wyndham's Dead the Triffids really was um, not Dead Triffids, so the tripods really was a prediction of our future, a return to pastoral times. But <laughs> you know, that's way in the future. But I do think, you know, I do think. I mean, I love my electric car, but I do think in the long term, in the next fifty, sixty. Hundred years, it's still a transition technology. I think. Um, I think it's one of those things you know. that people will. <clears throat> so there's two things. So I think electric cars are great for um, the area in which you live, and I mean like yeah, the wider definitely. area. It doesn't have to just be the the city. It can be the wider area yeah. that you live. Um, so and for that, they're they're useful for anyone. Um, I mean, or- Orkney, for example, is filled with the EVs. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think I think it can be really good. I think the thing, the challenges that you have is for those few cases where you need to do long distance journeys. Um, previously, you'd just say, "Yeah, I, I'm going to go around in my little Fiesta." Yeah, sitting the motor. Yeah, sit yeah. In the mo- for, for, you know, where did you go to in your Clio? It was like Scotland or something. Um, yeah. And you go, well, who would want to drive to Scotland in a Clio? Well, not yeah. many people, but you can do it. And I think the difference is that the EVs kind of will force you to choose um, at the moment. And in time, yeah, there will probably will be better battery technology or there'll be better um, methods of powering. But they've they've kind of for now, this is this is what we're going towards. And so I think you've, people... you've got to remember as well it's yeah. that the people driving to Scotland in their Clio are the teenagers, are the young people. Electric cars are expensive and not really attainable for first time drivers and buyers unless they are a, uh, an EV DBI, daddy bought it. Yes. Um, so I think when the technology becomes as cheap so as, as, as your, your banger from down, the, from down the Fred's car dealership, or when you know electric, electric car vehicles become ubiquitous, I think then that, then that you know, people will see them as standard cars. Yeah. But we are speaking from a position of privilege here that we can afford to run these vehicles because they're not cheap. That's right. Um, so that's that is a factor as well. And I think cars like the the Peugeot that I mentioned earlier on, which is cheaper with good range and still looks like a car. I think the, when the companies pitch cars that don't look like electric vehicles that are reasonably priced with a fairly good range, they are the ones that are going to be successful in the next thirty years. That's right. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some cities like London and Birmingham be electric vehicle only cities eventually. You know, I mean, someone like Sadiq Khan wouldn't put it past him to start that as a policy. Um, that's the next phase in there. It's kind of environmental push, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's move on. We've got we we we've, we've run quite long. So we talked a few a things that we could. Have, yeah. yeah, we talked a lot um, about charging and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think we've 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 proved that you don't need a charger at your house because uh, no, you don't. I, mean, have one. I just run it off of three three pin. No. I mean, we we do, but it again, it wasn't that expensive. It cost under 500 quid um yeah and, and, they, and they generally help with the cost don't they the company so they do but just don't expect it to be 
massively yeah. cheaper. So it's basically 500 quid with the grant. If you buy the unit, it's 500 quid. And if you ask a, a Sparky to install it, it's about 50 to 100 quid. So, so when I bought the Leaf, they offered everything for free. Yes, they, they don't anymore, but they, they did at the time. And it was all okay. And then our landlord changed his mind, which is very frustrating. Yeah. Um, one thing you should bear in mind is our Leaf, which I think is the 30, what might be the 43 or the 30 kilowatt. Yeah. I, can't, I can never remember which one it is. That takes about, I would say, on a, on a full charge, about 13 hours to charge from home using the three pin plug and they don't recommend you do it regularly they don't recommend you use it extensionally but we do all that yeah it's never been a problem i think you're going to find with the bigger battery vehicles that's going to become a problem because they'll take 24 hours to charge it, and that won't pin, be a, yeah. yeah of the, a three pin and so i think if you're listening to this and you want a bigger battery charging from your house from the plug isn't a viable option it's it's good for a top up but you'll find you'll have problems without an official charge point in your I house. I think it depends how far people are driving. Because the thing is, yeah. if you're not driving very far each day, so say, for example, you've got a commute that's 20 miles each way, right? charging um, off a three-pin plug is fine. Like That, that yeah, won't be a yeah. problem. That's if true, you're yeah. doing 200 miles that day, then, yeah, it's going to be using a fair bit. A three-pin plug would probably not be ideal just spend the money and get the 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 the, yeah. the the charging point if you can or just say okay i need to actually start going to one of the nearby charging points and and charge a bit more often um yeah. if you've got a reasonable amount of range so even even in our mg we're finding that actually at the moment we charge it maybe twice a week maybe and that's if we're going away a yeah, lot so it's not it's about not that you know, you have to do it every single night. You can, but you don't have to. And and so I think that's one of the things that people forget is they think about it as this is a big faff. I'm going to have to do this all the time. It may, where, whereas actually the reality is you don't have to just charge it when you need to. Um, and for most people, that would be fine. Amy? I just want to talk about a very cheeky little perk of having an EV. When was the last time you were in a petrol station and they gave you free petrol? Never happens. Never happens. But sometimes when you're charging... Oh, no, I know this. Yeah, sometimes when you're charging at motorway services, if you're very, very lucky, and if there's been an issue, then the people who are in charge of the vendor back in the call centre somewhere um, will put it on free vend for a bit. Which well, means I you find get that, free electricity, yeah. which is a bit cheeky, but yeah. it's free. No, it's not cheeky. So when I drive up to, to to the West Country quite a lot, that's the first thing I always check. You can tell by looking at the, the front of the charger. And I've charged all the way down to Somerset on one occasion for free. Wow. <laughs> and I think, generally speaking, on bank holiday weekends, you get certain weekends where they're, 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 if they're changing their prices or they're doing something with their software, all the charges become free. Um, and I think that's brilliant. You're yeah. quite right. So you've talked about that, a perk or a pro or uh, for, you know a good thing about uh, electric vehicles let's I, i'm going to say alex let's end on this shall yeah. we, we uh, i think we should talk about the pros we end on the positives because i think these definitely outweigh any of the cons um so let's all chip in here waving uh, Amy, tell us, waving tell, waving waving when we first got the us. leaf because not many other people had leaves if you saw somebody with a leaf you, you give them a little wave and so yeah, we still do that. Sometimes now. they wave back. Other like times they just look at you like you're a moron. But when they <laughs> wave back, it's always nice. And I just, I carried on waving all the way to the end. Now I've got the MG ZS. I've only ever found one other MG 
ZS in the wild and it happened to be the exact same colour as ours. It was like looking in the mirror or driving in the mirror. Um, but I've not found a single one since. And I'm, I mean, we were on a journey. We went down to Windsor and back in it and I did not see a single one. But my hand was itching and ready to wave. <laughs> and I tell I, you, if, if you see yeah. a woman driving around in a blue MG ZS, it's probably me. And I warn you now, I will wave. Okay, I'll keep an eye out for that. <laughs> I would like to say, I mean, of all the all the stuff that we've been talking about this time around, I will never ever go back to permanent petrol. I absolutely adore my Leaf. Um, I love it. Uh, it's so nice to drive. It's and one thing you notice when you drive long distance in a vehicle is it's quite tiring. Um, and the Leaf does have cruise control, and I tend to use cruise control when I know I'm going somewhere a little less distance because you tend to lose a little bit of mileage on cruise control. Just to tell you, the, the, the algorithm that works out your range goes drops by about five miles. Um, I find that incredibly, I mean, obviously, um, a lot of cars have are automatic and have drive, a cruise control, but it's not just that. It's the, the fact that I'm not using a gear stick. And again, that's automatic cars have that, but it's um, the feel of the vehicle, um, the Leaf, and I presume the MG has this as well, you can turn eco on and off. Which basically, as we all know what that means, that basically means turbo mode. Um, and I tend to use it for hills and overtaking from slower, slower, you know, slower speeds because the torque on those things are amazing. There's no gears, obviously, so you literally can put your foot down and leave other cars in the dust. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's delicious uh, when that happens. It is, it's especially great. when you've got like a like an M-Class behind you, something like that. But... Yeah. Um, I, I find that safer because you, you've definitely got more control over the driving experience. You're not, because you're not changing gear, you've got both hands on the wheel, because you're not juddering after each burst of speed. It's a smoother ride. It's a quieter ride. So it, um, we all know uh, that like uh, persistent noises can damage you mentally and also just affect your driving. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a beautiful driving experience. The, the, the Leaf is very a very punchy drive as well it's very solid on the road you tend to find the batteries give you a, a better grip on the road because your your center gravity is a little bit lower yeah. um yeah you know uh i love all the extra bits and bobs inside the vehicles all the extra gadgets because generally they are a bit flashier in on the interior there's so much going for them uh three moving parts so um the only maintenance we've done on our, our leaf apart from mot and the general service is the replacing the tyres and the tyres are quite expensive because they're eco quiet tyres you you have to buy special ones for electric vehicles because they're less noisy on the road um, but even saying that I mean comparing it to we had a Clio of the same age and the cost of maintenance was way higher um, yeah. so you know there's so many so many good things going for electric vehicles as well as that smug feeling you get when you're saving the environment uh, the Leaf has a little um, graphic in the dash that shows you how many trees you're saving as you drive um, would you like to add to this, Amy? And yeah. So um, I think the thing for me is, um, yes, the torque is really impressive. And that's one of the things that people forget about is actually they're really fun to drive. So like yeah. every, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, but my Mini's really fun to drive. And you're like, yeah, I get that. This is also really fun to drive. I say, and they go, oh, but what, does it make loads of noise? And you're like, well, no, it doesn't make loads of noise because it's not a petrol engine. But um, no, seriously, and that's that's one of the things like remembering um, Bobby's points about his MG. He was like, you know, yeah, one of the things when you're uh, sorry, when you're driving a Mini, one of the things is 
you know it, the pops that it makes and it's like yeah it's not meant to replicate that it's it's an ev is a completely different car but it's and still Alex, fun you can i mean some cars like the porsche electric porsches and the teslas you can download sounds <laughs> and obviously uh the leaf has it makes a whine at a certain speed uh, so that you know it's there I and mean, you it can does. turn that off and I enjoy doing that to scare teenagers with headphones in but you can you know the, the, it does make a sound if you want it to for safety and you can get those sounds if you want them I don't think that's the point though I, I re- you know I, I took um, a colleague of mine from work uh, we, I gave him a lift to uh, for his second jab vaccine jab get vaccinated folks yeah. uh, second jab uh, and he was he'd never driven an electric car before and he was uh, we get used to it I don't really know, but he was blown away by how quiet it was. Yeah, I I do find it um, it's much more relaxing to drive. Like yeah. as yeah. and and that partly is because you don't have any gears, and it's also yeah. partly because you you don't have an engine. So even if you were in an automatic car that's doing the gears for you, it's you know you have this you don't yeah, have the judder, anything as you, as like you change, that. It's just as the synchro mesh changes. You yeah, don't get that judder, do you? You don't have anything yeah. like that. And 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 so for me that helps me uh, uh, relax and helps make it a more enjoyable drive for me, and I think it's it's kind of underrated for that, but it is it is it is really important. And also we've got to remember that you know, it's all very well saying you know oh look there's still a choice, but it is a choice at the moment. In the next sort of five to ten years, they're going to look at phasing out new cars. I think it's to twenty thirty they wanted to phase out. New Depends cars. on the country, isn't it? But yes. And and the the challenge with that is that if you're buying a car um, fairly soon, say in five years' time, you buy a car. By the time it actually comes up for the end of its PCP or uh, whatever finance you're on, it's not going to have the the residual values that, that it, it no. did because people won't be buying as many petrol cars as they were. So do think about that because actually it will have That's an impact. And, and particularly if you're on PCP, because those, the, you know, the value of your car is important depending on how much money you get back from it. So, um, yeah, so just like can consider that. And we, we can see huge demand at the moment. The challenge is at the moment we don't have the supply of EVs at the prices that people want yet. But that will come. And I can see that happening very, very quickly. I normally say to people when they're thinking, you know, they're saying, is it worth getting an EV or not? My view is don't suddenly change an EV. If you're at the point where you're looking at changing your car anyway, look at EV, uh, EVs. And if you've got the choice between an EV and a non-EV, and it's going to cost you the same, then it's your choice. But if you have a choice of littering or not littering, why would you litter? If you have a choice of buying an EV or not buying an EV, why wouldn't you? It just makes so much sense. I do think, uh, obviously I wholeheartedly agree with you about this but i do think there is a certain a certain amount of friction of certain groups of people Mm. um currently over in germany people are shoving ground beef into the charge points of some of the charge points over there and i think that's that's kind of a a mirror of of a certain entitled group of people that you get on the internet like gamergate and so on i think it's it's a a rare thing i I do find it puzzling that people do that um maybe there's better ways to cook your bolognese i don't know but uh you know i I, there's going to be a group and i I can completely understand petrol heads love the sound of petrol the smell the feel of it and i think there'll still be you know uh, 
in 30 years time there will still be petrol vehicles as collectors items and racing racing with these vehicles um but they will become museum pieces eventually and i think people need to accept that you know again it's easy for us to say this as owners but i think it's you're right alex and you're right Amy. i think we, people now and i do see this from my colleagues and i've seen so many of my friends who've seen us drive for three years who are starting to buy vehicles now electric vehicles having seen us go through it and i do think the tide is turning but i think it's going to take a bit of time um for that to happen I think if you've um got... and there are you know if, if you're testing the water i mean we have some, uh, some other points we're going to talk about here which you probably have, don't have time for but you can get good second-hand deals or as you could get a second-hand electric vehicle as a test vehicle it'll be cheaper if you're not too bothered about range if you want to buy a runabout to test what it's like to drive an electric vehicle then you can get you know good deals on the leafs and the zoe's um uh, you know and they do i think a lot of them the dealerships now a lot of the manufacturers are replacing batteries with older frames anyway um uh, think about how you're going to pay for it uh and i think by the time you decide to buy a vehicle whether it's 2021 or the next five years i think we're going to have a better charging structure infrastructure and probably reach a point where as you said before you can go to any garage and charge um and that will be amazing um do you have anything else to add amy and alex yeah the only thing Final i've thoughts? got is um it's not an all-in or all-out decision so no. so one thing that you can do um uh, that's quite easy is if you're a two-car family don't all get an ev all at once but if one of you says oh we've got to run around it's on its last legs well why not replace that with a second-hand leaf or a second-hand zoe and and then and then try that out and see how you see how you get on um because the thing is the uh, you know a lot of the time there's a whole mix of people's needs and a lot of the time, you know, you 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 don't need a car that does the three four hundred mile range journeys just to go to the station and back, or you know, to to pick up no. the kids and go and do the the football um, on a Saturday. And so it's like, you know, just think about about those as as options. You know, you don't have to get a brand new or singing or dance, dancing car um, for that. You could just as easily look at a, a second hand option, and and honestly um range won't be as much of an issue for you then because you'll be just doing smaller journeys and you'll be able to you know the risk is lower then so it's, it's good to do it that way awesome amy anything else to add um just that i know certainly milton Keynes there certainly was somewhere where you could basically borrow an electric vehicle for the weekend and try it out see how you get on see how it fits your lifestyle so hopefully that kind of thing will come back and that's always an option otherwise have a look on drive electric is um where we've leased our vehicle from and it gives you a really good overview of what vehicles are available the basic specs um and you never know you might see something you like uh, I think Alex will add into the show notes the uh, relevant websites, but also the the EV database that you mentioned earlier on. Yeah, that's quite I'll a good reference to you. Just just to scroll through and have a look at those, um, because it is a big decision and it is a balance of, of function and personal feelings on look and everything else. And much like choosing a house or choosing a, a school for your children, it's very personal and 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 you know, the different criteria will be for you for how you decide. Um, Maybe it would be good to sort of revisit this topic in a year's time and see what's changed. Yeah. Um, or, you know, see how it goes. Anyway, that's been great. Thank you very much. Uh, I've learned quite a lot, as always, from talking to you two. Thank you so much. Uh, where can we find you on the interwebs, Alex and Amy? 
Alex. Oh, you can find me at Alex Hansford on Twitter. And Amy. Also on Twitter, I am Awakey. Uh, and I am uh, at John PR Evans. PR being my middle name is Personal Relations, obviously. And <laughs> we can you can also find uh, our podcasts and everything else on our website, which is playpauseturn.show. Uh, definitely not mirror signal maneuver.show. That's a different website. <laughs> um, and we also have a podcast. Uh, we also have a Twitter handle. Uh, for play pause turn, which is at play pause turn. Not sure how much is being used right now, but we will um, start. We'll start being a bit more um, involved, I think, on Twitter. Yeah, with that as you well. can also send um, us a voice message if you like. There'll be a link in the um, show notes as well. So, um, but yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening. As always, this has been Play Pause Turn, and we'll see you for our next podcast. Yeah.